Hi, I'm Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com and I'm here today with Christina Rodenbeck from oxfordastrologer.com and together we are Astrology Talk, looking at the astrology of the month ahead. So we're going to be looking a little bit at what's happened in the astrology and then we're going to look at Sagittarius season and then we're going to look at what's coming up in the astrology and we are recording this quite early so retrodiction's going to be a little bit interesting but probably we need to talk eclipses and things like that don't we Christina how are you I am just a little bit stressed actually because um, <laughs> I have spent the morning wrestling with technology uh, which is kind of to do with all these squares that we're getting between Uranus and Mars and everything in Taurus being squared by everything in Scorpio equals technology weirdness. And I have experienced it myself, but it's so boring, may I say, that I don't even want to discuss it. So I apologize if I'm slightly stressed, but I will decrisp as the podcast progresses, I hope. And we get deeper into the interesting astrology of Sagittarius season. Sagittarius season. I know it's when technology goes wrong, it's rubbish. <laughs> and also when the body goes wrong, it's not so great because just looking at retrodiction and talking about what was going on, those eclipses, I mean, you know, eclipse season, they were so powerful. The one in Libra on my moon, the one in Scorpio, Taurus on my sun. So I knew something was going to happen. And twixt eclipses, I fell down, <laughs> which is quite funny because eclipses are about highs and lows. I ended up on my bum and managed to fracture my right elbow, which is thankfully healing very quickly. I have much more mobility in it, but it's still going to be quite a while healing. So that was kind of one of my eclipsy stories. And there was, you know, in true Scorpio fashion, I did experience a loss as well on the eclipse the day before on my birthday. So really this kind of, you know, just a reminder of how Scorpio season is about the cycle of life and life and death. Very painful, um, but, you know, it is what happens in Scorpio. Well, it is what happens to all of us, life and death, you know, but sometimes Scorpio hones in on it, doesn't it? It turns, it turns the dial, it turns the focus. So yeah, I'll be glad to see the back of Scorpio season, if I'm honest. And thankfully, I'm heading off to India on retreat <laughs> to turn inwards, to slow down, to stop for the rest of Scorpio season, which is why we're talking a little bit early this time. So I think that's perfect timing. Perfect timing indeed. How about you, Christina? Well, I mean, you know, like everyone, of uh, you know this the inter-eclipse period was very intense um because it's the eclipses anyway which are about endings and beginnings and doors opening to the other side etc in this particular season of of uh you know the scorpio season day of the dead halloween all of that plus of course we've had this terrible uh war going on in gaza which is very very distressing and um I, I, you know, you can't open the, I, you know, open your Instagram or your, your social media without uh, the seeing some terrible pictures. And I think that is partly, it seems to me very much 
connected with the Scorpio season. There's pictures of misery and harshness. And also with that, because the second eclipse, which was on the 28th of October, was in Taurus, which was opposite the opposite sign to Scorpio. So it was part of a cycle of, of eclipses that was Scorpio. Scorpio and Scorpio, or Taurus and Scorpio, um, it was part of that cycle, and it's finished now. That was the last one. So um, now we're moving on. In, we're going into the cycle between Libra and Aries, and that's also that's very much more martial and out there. And um, you know what I found with this season that we're in is this is the Mars and the Sun being together in Scorpio is very very aggressive, you know, um, and uh, that carries on through November. Uh, so then we come up to Sagittarius season and indeed the sun and, and Mars move into Sagittarius hand in hand. I was going to say it's quite incredible how close they are, the sun and Mars are. Um, they just seem to have been stuck together. I don't, does it that happen? I mean, do they, I don't know that they sort of side by side for, I mean, all of November, when Mars is in Scorpio, um, you know, and the sun illuminates and Mars is so strong in Scorpio. It seems quite, quite unusual, I think, that they're, they're side by side. I don't really know why that is, but do you know? <laughs> uh, no, big fire, little fire is how I keep on thinking about it. You know, how there's the, there's the big nation, the big person and the, and his fierce lieutenant almost, you know, the general and the lieutenant. Um, going through Scorpio, which is a, a, a one of the warrior signs. Um, so I think that, you know, a lot of people have been experiencing, uh, you know, clients and stuff. You know, it's been quite traumatic. Right? We're experiencing a certain amount of collective trauma at the moment. And I, I think that needs to be, um, it's collective trauma. And some people are experiencing very real trauma right now. Uh, and those of us, you know, you end up experiencing it vicariously if you're anywhere in the world, really. And that's a very strange thing to note. And it's an effect of the times that we live in, which are these times of, uh, you know, global media. I don't know how else to call it. it. used to be you could turn off the TV, but now it's all inter interjected with our own personal exchange as well. So, you know, you get, say, you get a message from a friend and then you get, a picture of Gaza and then you get another message and that's really strange how that's all interwoven these days since the internet which is of course to do with you know the when Uranus and Neptune transited through Aquarius and we started getting this internet and then Neptune in Pisces which is like all these boundaries have dissolved and Neptune's been in Pisces since 2010 um, and Pisces is the, you know, the, the collective unconscious and it's a boundless sign and Neptune in there is its own ruler. So we've had this dissolving of these boundaries and there are good sides to that, of course, but there's also this very difficult side to that, which is, you know, the personal and the, everything is all merged. And I think that has been quite, um, has makes this kind of situation more traumatizing than it might have been before. Yeah, I mean, and and that, you know, things in an instant, we find out things in an instant now, don't we, that are happening on the other side of the world. There's that immediacy that there never used to be as well. 
But, you know, this is one of the nice things, I think, as Scorpio moves into Sagittarius, the sun moves from Scorpio into Sagittarius, and so, you know, the inner planets are following suit, that there is this sense of coming out the dark. Scorpio is the star sign linked to the underworld, to the light. I mean, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, god of the sky. I mean, it's it's kind of you're coming out in those dark places where you've been um, dealing with a lot internally. And that move into Sagittarius allows you to kind of have a bigger vision, get the bigger picture and get some space. I mean, I, I always find that like, you know, being a sun Scorpio myself, when I get very intense um, and internal, I go somewhere where there's a view, whether that's, you know, on the top of uh, a hill or whether it's when there's low tide and I get that horizon. And there's something about having your perspective shifted to take you out into the world that can just help you sort of stop and, oh, and breathe and, you know, come back to something else. So we are moving from Scorpio season into Sagittarius season. Um, and I do think of that symbolically as moving from the dark into the light. Yeah, I would say that we're, because of course we're in the north um, and what happens is that we're in the season of fire in the north once you um, get into that and the season where we're keeping out the dark. So we're keeping out the dark during Sagittarius season by lighting fires and having uh, celebrations, having Thanksgiving in the States is always right at the beginning of Sagittarius season. You know, the Jupiter, the sign of Jupiter, which is, uh, sorry, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, which is the great jolly planet of celebration, of hospitality, of hosting. So you get this, that's what Sagittarius season is about is that celebration. You also get the Santa Lucia, the Festival of Lights um, in uh, Sweden and places. So there's a kind of, and it's the, it's those festival, these fire festivals are the celebration of light within dark, because of course, then we go back to the dark with Capricorn just before Christmas, don't we? When we have, we get to the darkest day of the year in the North. And so there's this, I feel it's not simply dark to light, because it's actually just fire within the dark. Do you see what I mean? So it's like it's dark all around, but there's this fire that we gather around. Um, and that's Sagittarius. And Sagittarius, of course, is, is uh, the sign that's connected with philosophy and knowledge and the sharing of stories. So that's what we do when we get to the fire is we share stories. Yeah. And, and, and it's all about expansion as well, isn't it? You know, Jupiter, the biggest planet. It's about expanding your your world in a way and being in the world. I mean, I often think of Sagittarius time, you know, it's a time often when you're thinking about what next, what's coming up next year. I mean, we're moving towards the end of one year during Sagittarius season. So your gaze goes on to the future and what next. And it can be like this lining up new sort of adventures or experiences for the coming year whether that's physically and you want to actually travel somewhere or whether it's intellectually or philosophically or spiritually. It's like, you know, where can I expand my world and, and, and know more and learn more and be in the world more? I think there's something about Sagittarius season that, that that's a really important part of it. And also just to say, I did notice when I was up in London recently that um, one of the Sagittarians who I love is Marina Abramovich. And she is a performance artist who is constantly 
pushing back the boundaries. I mean, her work is quite remarkable. She's just got um, a exhibition on at the Royal Academy, and we were just talking about how she's actually had an opera on, um, The Seven Deaths of Maria Callas, which is quite extraordinary. But the one story I love about her that I think is so Sagittarian is that when she split up from her partner, um, he's either Uwe or Ule. He had two kind of names. I think one's a nickname. They were fellow artists, but also uh, romantic partners too. To end their relationship, they went on a spiritual journey and they walked from opposite ends of the Great Wall of China to meet in the middle to kind of <laughs> say goodbye to one another and complete their relationship. And I just think that's so beautiful and so Sagittarian to go on this kind of physical and spiritual journey to really, you know, complete their time together. And I think sometimes, you know, we don't always complete things well, but how lovely is that? Yeah, there are a couple of things about that. One is that Sagittarius is, among other things, the sign of pilgrimage. You know, Jupiter is the planet of pilgrimage. Um, and I guess you might have been completing a pilgrimage around now in medieval times. But anyway, you would certainly be might have been starting one in March when Jupiter's other sign, Pisces, is around. But it's the sign of pilgrimage, and that is a pilgrimage. A. B. Abramovich always does these massive things. She's a big artist, you know, and she's talking about really huge ideas. Um, and those are both Sagittarian qualities. These very, very big ideas, these very huge pieces that she does, or that also quite often involve the audience or involve a lot of people. Um, that, uh, and that she's incredibly good at publicity, which is also a Sagittarian quality. It's like, I know something really amazing. This is a Sagittarius thing. I know something really amazing and I'm going to share it with you. And this desire to spread knowledge and experience. And that's the whole point of a lot of her work is that you, the audience, have some kind of intense experience as well. And that pilgrimage along the uh, Great Wall of China is also like, it's it's a far away place and it's a long walk. So think of uh, Sagittarius as also the long walk, the sign of the long walk. And it is, uh, I mean, you know, they're, they're fun, aren't they? Enthusiastic energetic at best. I, I often think also they can, I have got one Sagittarius friend who always used to bound into a room a bit like Tigger. <laughs> you know, there's that, here I am, kind of, you know, everyone else is sort of quite calm and suddenly there's this wild energy. <laughs> so, so yeah, I do love, I do love that side of um, Sagittarius too. I like Sagittarius because you can have very, really interesting conversations with Sagittarians. Um, so they appeal very much to people who like to talk like me. So, uh, that's my, the great quality of Sagittarius is that you're not going to be, they're very seldom boring unless they're in the depressed phase, which they sometimes are. Mm. Yeah. As fire signs can be, it's like when the light dims, isn't it? Then, you know, then they can go sad. So shall we start taking a little look at the astrology in the month coming up, Christina? Would you like to do that now? Yes, please. <laughs> I would like to do that now. Thank you okay. so much, Sally. Let us look at the astrology of the month ahead. Starting at what date is it? Is it the 22nd of November, perchance? It is. It is. That's when the sun, we're ter being terribly polite now. That's when the sun moves into Sagittarius. Yes. So, um, and two days later, Mars follows suit. So still a lot of power with the sun and Mars together 
um, in Sagittarius. And then they're together at the full moon, which perhaps we should put up and have a look at. So yes, that's quite the full moon, isn't it? Because it's not just that the Sun and Mars are together, they're like super, super close together, and they have been for ages. And then they and they're also bursting into a fire sign. So even though Mars is coming out of its own strength in Scorpio, it's still fiery. And they're both these are the big fiery numbers, aren't they? Um, the Sun and Mars, and there they are blasting at that poor little moon in, in Gemini. You know, it's, there's there's the little moon with all of that stuff opposite. And Ceres, by the way, if people are looking at the screen, the Ceres, it's actually a conjunction of Ceres, Mars and the Sun. Ceres being? Do you want to say a little bit about Ceres, Christina? It's the asteroid of many, many things, but associated with the goddess Ceres, who is uh, the same pretty much as Demeter, um, goddess of the corn, goddess of agriculture, goddess of motherhood. Um, but also I would suggest that I associate her, and I've seen this often in charts, with um, abductions and people being found again. So just keep that in mind. When she gets to zero degrees Sagittarius, she too is coming out of Scorpio into the, into the fire at any rate. Um, so that is interesting to watch to see if there's something that will go on at that point. And you do kind of need to look at what her relationship is with Pluto with that. Uh, so she's uh, making a sort of out of sign sex style, I think, with Pluto. I do want to say, I think what's really interesting for me about this full moon is what Saturn's doing, because Saturn is at turn direct it's at zero degrees pisces still um moving slowly so at a kind of critical degree and it's square to the sun and mars and it's square to the moon and i actually i mean you know saturn is the planet of limitation blocks restrictions but also i kind of feel as the planetary energy in scorpio season was so wild we had these uranus oppositions you know, in a way, I, I see Saturn as being more the, the voice of caution, maybe, or bringing something in that that kind of says, OK, just hang on a minute. Sometimes it's not, you know, a time to rush into things full throttle that the Sun and Mars and Sagittarius want to. It's just stop and, you know, have a think. Um, and that Saturn in Pisces, perhaps it's the Capricorns being the voice of reason. Perhaps it's the Pisces being the voice of reason and sort of, you know, saying, just caution, just hold your horses, hold your horses a little and let's stop and and see what's going on. And that is often, you know, the thing to do at the full moon. The full moon is so bright, it illuminates. So I think it's it is a time to really stop, reassess your situation before moving forward. I mean, how do you how do you see that, Christina? I agree with you. I think Saturn is about restraint. Um, and it's interesting, sort of the sort of symbolism, the sort of uh, tangle of symbols that we have here, because it's Saturn, which is about restraint um, in a sign in which it's quite uncomfortable, Pisces, because Pisces is not about restraint. Pisces is about letting go. But Saturn in Pisces is about Saturn is also about being wise, having some wisdom, and it's the wisdom of restraint, not the wisdom of going crazy. And that restraint is in a spiritual way. 
right? So it's in Pisces, which is a sign of peace and compassion. It is a sign of universal love, right? And Saturn is about the application of that, right? So Saturn is also about reality. What is the reality of a situation? What is, what's real? What's really happening? And how can we actually make a real compassionate difference? Um, so I'm finding Saturn in Pisces is, is it not just about talking compassionately? It's about actually doing something practical. I think at this full moon, Pisces, the, you know, that Saturn in Pisces is going to be quite stretched to deal with that combination of energies. And my advice would be to people, especially Sagittarians, I have to say, is watch what you say at this point, because, uh, and also with Gemini, watch what you say, be careful, Gemini, be careful of who you get into an argument with. Um, because emotions always are slightly out of control with a full moon, right? And we've got this very aggressive, fiery Mar sun, Mars opposition to the Gemini full moon. Um, and I feel that that's quite a kind of combustible combination. Um, and I would be careful of the words. And the reason I'm talking about words is because these are two signs that are to do with spreading knowledge. Hello, social network. Hello, internet. That's um, there to do with spreading knowledge, sharing information. They're to do with the news. Um, so I would expect there may be some big news around this full moon. Um, and not necessarily always good. And it means that you need to be more cautious about what you're publishing. Okay. And these days, you used to be able to say that, and it would be like people would be like, I don't publish anything. I'm not a writer. These days, if you're on Twitter, you're publishing. Okay. If you're on Facebook, you're publishing. So be cautious about what you're publishing because things people publish will be incendiary um, during this period and especially at this full moon. Mm. Interesting. And also, you know, there's what's also kind of um, side by side with this or an addition to this is that the planet that rules this full moon is Mercury, the ruler Gemini. And it's at 24 Sagittarius and in a square aspect to Neptune at 24 Pisces on the day of the full moon. So it's kind of pulled into the picture. And this Mercury-Neptune square aspect is going to be very powerful because it doesn't happen once, it happens three times, um, which immediately tells you that Mercury is going to be going back and forth soon. And also, I think Neptune, Neptune turns direct, doesn't it, during this period um, in December. So Neptune is very strong at the moment on the 6th. So we've got this... Also, this this added factor and Mercury Neptune, we know can be about you know what is the truth. It's about fake news. It's fake news, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I was going to do my Donald Trump impression. Fake news, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's fake news or slander or scandal, or that's one side. The other side is like really good fiction writing. Um, <laughs> great stories, wonderful novels. This is all that kind of that tension between Mercury and um, Neptune. And I would say also that these are also signs of large. You know what I mean? It's larging it. Mercury in Sagittarius tells tall tales anyway and won't shut up, right? And 
Neptune and Pisces makes stuff up really well. It's the hype, isn't it? It's the hype, it's the spin. So I think for all the mutable signs in particular, you know, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces, it's it would be so easy to expand the truth or even ignore the truth, I think, with this. And you need to be careful what you're kind of repeating or passing on. Um, because there's, I often think with, you know, there's Mercury, Neptune, you're looking at life through a kaleidoscope, you know, one of those lovely um, childhood toys when you sort of turned it and you got this different picture at a different time. You're seeing things through a different lens and it just keeps shifting and changing. And, and the sort of, it doesn't stay constant. So that reality, what's the reality? What's the facts? It's harder and harder to get hold of. And this is not a time when it's easy to get hold of what the actual truth of a situation is. Um, so really interesting that that's coming into play now, I think, in Sagittarius season. Yeah, and it it kind of dominates the Sagittarius season because we, obviously we're working up to a Mercury retrograde. Um, and it starts off retrograde in Capricorn, but then it goes back into Sagittarius. Um, so, yes, I mean, there I be cautious around the truth, but enjoy one thing I would say. And this is something I always do during the season is I like to reread Christmas like books that are like Christmassy. I love The Darkest Rising. That's one of the ones I love and the Bo Box of Delights children's books. Um, but that so the revisiting. Um, that's that can come up with the Mercury retrograde around this time, the revisiting of Christmas past or fantasy Christmases, um, you know, fantasy football team. What would your fantasy Christmas be? Who, Sally, who would you have around your fantasy Christmas table to share the, would you be eating turkey or are you going to be eating a nut roast? Oh, I don't. I mean, I thought you were going to ask me who my fantasy football team was. <laughs> no, like, oh, okay. I don't care about fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares, right? Football, uh, football. Well, you'd want the great storytellers, wouldn't you? You want the people who can, you know, can really tell a yarn, tell a story. Um, so, and I think this, this is, that hasn't answered your question at all, Christina, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that's... that was avoidance, right? Well, this Bit is of avoidance this... there. This is the astrology. Let's just, I'm just, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, you know, have you answered that question? No, I've not. I've just diverted <laughs> it to something else. Who's good at that? Politicians. <laughs> exactly. My new career coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, with that, with that, and that's what I wanted to say about also, I think Sagittarius season, we do need something to, to escape into you know we need to find that the fantasy side of life as well and that's the positive play on all of this isn't it um yeah that, you know, i'm gonna can i have can i say who i'm gonna have now thinking oh, go on then all seconds, right five seconds to think. i would like among <laughs> other things right i would like virginia wolf and groucho marx well done together <laughs> right okay because that yeah. pretty much covers quite a lot of bases for me yeah, okay. um mm. Virginia Woolf, Groucho Marx, Starhawk. That's kind of, that's, I'm now developing that. <laughs> um, so if you have, if you're listening to this and you have any thoughts on who you want sitting around <laughs> your turkey or nut roast, just let us know. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> um, now I've completely distracted us from actual astrology, right? But it's the fantasy element is kind of fun of this mm. coming month ahead, right? As long mm. as you don't, as long as you can differentiate, right? 
between what is real and what is not real. And of course, yeah. this is one of our issues these days. Yeah, it's a massive issue, isn't it? And it's only going to get worse with, you know, the rise of AI, artificial intelligence that can just, you know, press a button and you create art and novels and, you know, and steal copyright and all of that. So it's, ugh. I mean, it's, and that's the, as Pluto goes back into Aquarius, well, Pluto's been in Aquarius, it's going back into Aquarius the beginning of January. You know, it's something that's that's under the cosmic gaze. I mean, we've got a conference going on at the moment, haven't we, about trying to, well, hopefully they're putting rules and regulations in place around it, because otherwise, who knows where this is going to lead. I mean, it's just crazy, crazy stuff. Well, except, of course, guess who's saying, that? oh, trust us. We're, we can do, we can self-regulate. We can look after it ourselves. You know, it's Elon Musk and Facebook and all of those big, big um, internet companies are saying, look, you know, we can deal with the AI. Don't worry about it. And who said that last time things, Pluto was changing signs? It was the banks. They said, oh, we don't need regulation. We're fine. We're good. We're not going to screw things up for the rest of you. Pluto went into Capricorn and we got the banking crisis. Right. And it all went and we still haven't recovered from that. Right. So just be careful of who's saying who's regulating what. And when you when big, 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 big corporations start talking about self-regulating and these are corporations that are bigger than, you know, that I always think of that quote in the mafia and sorry, in the the Godfather that were bigger than U.S. steel. Do you remember that when they're saying the mafias? Uh, maybe you don't. My dad used to say that occasionally. We're bigger than U.S. steel. I don't know what he was thinking. But anyway, um, those internet companies are bigger than most world, most uh, countries' economies, right? And they're controlling things and they're controlling the AI. And we have a huge problem with copyright. Uh, speaking as content creators that Sally and I are, we've got a huge problem with that. And all content creators have a big problem. We've had it for a long time because China does not recognize copyright. Um, and so they've been, you know, things have already way out of hand but you know people a lot of people say oh we you know why do we need global regulation for things this idea of a global government is really bad well one reason it's really quite useful is if you have books that are published in many languages um, because you won't get basically you won't get any royalties for them if whatever country it is hasn't signed the international copyright agreement and copyright's important, you know, the, the having copyright on your ideas is important. And there is, um, as Sally said, this is going to be a big issue coming up with Pluto and Aquarius. And it may well be under the cosmic spotlight during this full moon. Do you not think because of the signs involved? Um, Gemini, Sagittarius, you know, we're talking about the voice, we're talking about publishing, we're talking about the law media blah um and and people trying to skirt round things and fudge things and you know put little smoke screens across all of that it's a so it's a really you know this full moon be a bit savvy we need kind of you know we need the earth signs taurus virgo capricorn sort of bringing people back down to earth uh, we need the air signs working in a good way gemini libra aquarius you know just sort of check things out ask ask pithy questions. Don't let people get away with stuff. So um, 
so yeah it's 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 really i it's kind of quite an exciting but out of control energy during this this full moon period and the full moon period is pretty much that last week of november uh, actually um and the, just the on back on the copying and the plagiarism and the copyright stuff um i just note that also, we've got the full moon in Gemini and Saturn in Pisces, and these are doubling signs. These are signs of doubling copying, um, re- reproduction. You know, um, there's that very famous essay by Walter Benjamin written in the 1930s called Art in the Age of Mechanical Reproduction and what that, how that changed things, right? And now we've got art in the age of like digital reproduction, how that's changing things. Um, and it, it does, it will change things and it will put people out of work. And this is something that people need to actually, it needs to be set up front. It's going to put workers' jobs in, de- in jeopardy. Um, and that is the Pluto and Aquarius. People will act, that's one of the um, things that will happen with Pluto and Aquarius. And so economies or countries that do well are, will be ones that's, that are able to switch and pro- uh, create new kinds of jobs for people quickly. And one of the things that's quite interesting is that at the start of December, Venus moves into Scorpio and she moves there on December the 4th. So Venus is playing catch up a bit at the moment. You know, we've had a lot going on in Scorpio with the Sun, Mars, Mercury there. Here comes Venus in Scorpio, not always a star sign she's that comfortable in. But, you know, I think that might be helpful because, you know, she does work at um sort of negotiating agreements she's she's peace loving ultimately well side of her is um but you know she's bringing something different to the mix it's quite hard talking about venus because she is warrior goddess in some aspects as well but i kind of like to think of her let's let's get together around the table and talk things through um so venus coming into scorpio is bringing something new really kind of sexy as well venus scorpio just on that note so you know that's more cheerful let's all go have great sex for three weeks man (laughs) yeah she's in scorpio until after the holiday season so yay (laughs) which is often a time when when um because you know you get a lot of babies born in virgo season which is nine months after the holiday season and that's because people are all get it getting it on um during the holiday season yeah, sex once a year, it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, for Scorpio, Taurus, also for Cancer, you know, you've got Venus in a sexy bit of your chart. So you never know. You never know there might be something happening. Especially Cancerians, you know. Mm. they There's mm. those Cancerians cooking up a really nice Christmas dinner or, or Thanksgiving dinner and getting that Venus, getting their Venus on in that particular part of the sky um you know enjoy yeah <laughs> <When>? <laughs> um yes okay so uh there's also this coming up the new moon isn't there do you want me to try and get that the new moon up yeah that would be really cool i mean <laughs> one of the things about that new moon is it's just it's still in orb with mars you know so that's how close mars has been to the sun this whole whole time it's there it's drawing away from mars but it's still only seven degrees away and when you're looking at the sun that still counts as a conjunction you're right um but it's kind of almost the last time that the sun and mars will be together because it's kind of we look at 
you know, an eight degree orb. So the sun is at 20 Sagittarius and Mars is at 13 Sagittarius during this new moon. Um, you know, and it's the last time really they're together. So maybe, you know, this new moon will bring, um, it's a time, you know, new moon is a time to, to start over, turn to a fresh leaf, turn to a fresh leaf. <laughs> Do you turn to a fresh leaf? I don't know. Well, turn to a fresh leaf and say, hello, fresh leaf. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a manky old leaf. Um, actually, yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm going off on my fantasy, my Neptune yeah. Mercury fantasy there. We've ground to a halt now with that image in our heads of leaves talking to each other. Um, <laughs> it's a start over on the new moon. So there's something, I think this, this, this new moon is quite a powerful one, an important one to really, you know, put the past behind and start to focus on on what next. Great for all the fire signs, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. I mean, you know, line up something fun, nice on this, you know, what whatever whatever really you love, whatever really kind of gets you gets you going. It's a good time, right? Let's let's um do some good things on this on this new moon. And obviously for Sagittarius again, it's a great time to to set some intentions, to set some personal goals and aims, get back to doing what you need and want and um, put yourself first. There is a caveat to Okay, this, I knew is... you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> is there a verb for that? You can't say I'm going to caveat that because that's no. bad grammar. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But there is a caveat, which, of course, is that Mercury is stationing to go retrograde. Pretty yes. much the next Ooh, that caveat. millisecond. Okay. That caveat, that quite big caveat, which is okay. uh, Mercury really is stationing at this new moon. And, and uh, yes, yes. so I would hesitate about anything that, so, you know, it's, it's a new moon, which is a time of the dark moon and th being thoughtful and going inward a bit. And then yeah. there's the Mercury retrograde on top of that, which makes it, even more kind of retro sort of like inward and having a little think about all the stuff that's just happened actually because mm. mm. then mercury retrogrades for three weeks is it i can't remember what it's three weeks at the beginning of jan um yes and it goes right back into sagittarius so yes. it's 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 really interesting that we're having this kind of moment of actually you maybe wanted to think about the future next year but you can't because there's mm. stuff that you haven't done that you need to do first or at least need to consider and think about first before you go ahead. And also you need to get this Christmas out of the way, uh, which we will talk about in the next podcast, by the way. Yeah. I, okay. It's interesting you say that because I suddenly thought with this, I mean, it's, you know, how we interpret the symbolism, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think this new moon is great for kind of sowing seeds and, and starting over, but it's lining things up for January, beginning of January, January the 2nd, when Mercury turns direct in Sagittarius. And it means that there's a planning stage. There's things that you need to sort out. Mercury and Capricorn, it's kind of like, you know, you've got the big vision, You've got what you want to do. You've got the adventure, the new experience. But little Mercury in Capricorn is saying, hang on a minute, we need a business plan or, you know, we need to sort of work out what you need to take when you go on your big adventure. We need to just get the 
you know, the things in place that, that will make this happen. So you could look at it that way, that, that, what, that is what the Mercury retrograde is about. It's about getting you to, to stop and put things in place so you can then go on your adventure beginning of Jan. What do you reckon? Do you like that? <laughs> I, I think it's charming. It's perfectly charming. Um, <laughs> but I just want to say where you're going to have to be looking at stuff. Right. So for cancer, it's going to be your partner may stop you and you're going to he's going to, or she is going to say, you know, you need to look at stuff um, for Libra. It's going to be something to do with your family and your home. It's going to make you stop and think, actually, I need to deal with this. And it may be, for example, that Libra, you have to stay at home for the holiday season. And I think actually one of the things about having a Mercury retrograde over Christmas that's quite good is that Mercury retrograde is about not going out and doing stuff. Right. Uh, it's it's about not necessarily moving forward. So that's OK at Christmas. It's fine. You know, you kind of just don't over don't over egg it or do over egg it. Have the eggnog and watch television uh, re reruns because that reruns are a Mercury retrograde thing. Um, how classically uh, Christmassy. Um, and, you know, for Aries, it's about the direction that you're taking your career you know, actually, it's a really quite an important Mercury retrograde, this one um, for Aries. And you've already had some of that. You know, you had a Mercury retrograde at the beginning of 2023 in the same sort of area. It didn't go back into Sagittarius. But um, so you've already had that and you may need to rethink things yet again. So be flexible as well with the Mercury retrograde. Um and obviously for Capricorns themselves, it's about your view of the world, which I think is going to be changing and shifting and, and your feeling of power and not power, because you're going to be losing Pluto soon, Capricorn. And that is something that you need to think about what that's going to mean. And it may be great. Goodbye, Pluto. I've had enough. Or it may be, oh, no, I'm no longer ruling the world. Um, you know, I'm no longer the big power player that I thought I was. It's those Aquarians taking over now. Yeah, I think, you know, this Mercury retrograde, I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's wise to sort of prepare for it and get things sorted beforehand, sort out any technical issues beforehand and, you know, get your car sorted, that kind of thing. Um, double check any travel arrangements over the festive period. But I couldn't think of almost of a nicer timeline for this Mercury retrograde because it really does kind of encourage you to take your foot off the accelerator mid-December and really slow down so you get time to reflect and review and retreat and recuperate ready for when it turns direct literally on January the 2nd that's the time when you're out the blocks and and raring to go so I do think it's kind of it's it's it feels like it's great if you know you can have great timing for a Mercury retrograde phase. This is it. This is a nice one. I like Mercury retrograde. I I have no issues with it at all. You just have to know that it's happening and chill. Um, but there's more to that actually as well, which is of course this Mercury retrograde is working in a cahoots. It's in cahoots with Jupiter in Taurus, right? So they're in very nice aspect to each other as Mercury turns retrograde. So what is that? Jupiter is, like I was saying before, it's a planet of celebration. It's a planet of Christmas. Um, you know, it's the planet of having a feasting. And Jupiter, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Jupiter turns direct on the 31st of December. You're correct. So 
both of those planets, Walter and Direct, boom, boom, at, after Christmas is over, after that holiday season is over, off you go. But during that season, they're kind of working together and it's about like just putting everything down and, you know, feasting and celebration, but also like it's jolly, right? And it's earthy. Um, both, of the, you know, they're both planets with a sense of humor. Um, they're about having, finding the joy and, you know, finding the giggles. Like where are the, where are the giggles? in all of this uh, storm and drang that we've been living through. Um, you know, at this time, it's like, please just hold your joy. I think that's lovely because I, yeah, I think that's lovely. And, you know, the, the, the Mercury-Jupiter trines are on the 8th of December and the 18th of December there, and then there'll be one more moving into January. Um, and it is, and also Mercury and Jupiter together, it's about... Yeah, it's looking on the bright side, isn't it? It's finding the positives in life and not getting all gloomy and negative. It's kind of, you know, being grateful and finding gratitude and being around people who lift your spirits as well and having a good old laugh. You're right. I mean, having a good old laugh and lordy, that that's what we what we need. Sagittarius season, any season <laughs> throughout the year. Yeah, it's one of the funny signs, isn't it? I mean, I, I think Sagittarius, and funnily enough, Capricorn is, you've got a lot of funny Capricorns. Um, but yes, it's one of the funny signs, uh, Sagittarius, as long as they're not being blowhards, you know, taking themselves a little bit too, too seriously. Um, I always think of, um, oh, and I wanted to say something else about when we were talking about Mercury and Sagittarius, about the potty mouth Sagittarius. We have uh, Steve Bannon is a, is a, is a the American uh, what is he P, not PR guru but that guy right Trump's the the, the right wing guy and we've got uh, Dominic Cummings the equivalent here who uh, has just been testifying about COVID and my God that guy's language is special but they're both Sagittarians and they're both know it alls and actually not very funny either. So they lost the this, this Sagittarian sense of humor somewhere along the way. And that's something the Sagittarius needs to remind itself. It's like, let's be funny. Let's have fun. It's just reminded me one of my all-time favorite comedians was Billy Connolly, Sagittarius, also married to Pamela Stevenson, Sagittarius. It must be great in their household, you'd think. <laughs> and he definitely had a potty mouth. <laughs> he did. But I often think of potty mouth, I think of it as Taurus as well. So we've got Jupiter in Taurus at the moment as well. So, you know, that's kind of a double whammy. I can't even repeat what he said, what he called the entire British government while he was working for them. Um, but it's it's a special word involving... Let's not. Let's not go there. We don't have to yeah. try and guess this, Christine. <laughs> We don't have to try and get say involving porcine <laughs> <laughs> copulation. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, dear. Are, are, we le are we done? Is that it? <laughs> now that we've reached that climax of, uh, for the podcast. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, it's, it's an exciting month coming up, isn't it? And it's going to be a welcome change. From Scorpio season and eclipse season. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Glad to move on. So I think do, you know, really kind of 
embrace the the juice of life moving into Sagittarius season. That's what I'd like to say. Um, you know, and be wary about, you know, Neptune, there's this and Mercury retrograde. So don't believe everything you hear for sure. Be wary of miscommunications, misunderstandings. That runs throughout the month and continues with Mercury retrograde. So, you know, be a bit savvy, keep your feet on the ground and all of that. Anything else you want to say, Christina? Or shall I sign us off? I think you can just sign us off, man. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening in, everybody. We'll be back next month to talk to you about the solstice and the sun's move into Capricorn and what lies in store for the end of the year. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.